You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you you maybe already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Welcome to the Magna Method Podcast, and I am very excited today for this podcast. Um, I've been trying to get this going for a long time, and he is a uh, world-class competitor. I'd like to introduce Mr. Phil Heath. Phil Heath is an American IFBB professional bodybuilder and the current Mr. Olympia. He's a seven-time Mr. Olympia winner having placed first in the competition every year from 2011 to 2017. His latest win tied him with Arnold Schwarzenegger for the third all-time number of wins behind Lee Haney and Ronnie Coleman. Welcome to the show, Phil. Hey, thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you, man. Uh, Tell me, where are you at right now in your training? It's very exciting times. So right now, um, you know, I'm deep into the off-season. Uh, you know, I was able to start in January and got my weight up. Um, pretty good. I'm sitting right at 275, which is um, right where I probably should be uh, for this year's prep because I start preparing for the Olympia the first week of June. Okay. So I'm I'm maintaining a good weight that's not too big, not small, just in striking distance of my competition weight, which is around 250 pounds. So, okay. you know, I don't want to have to stress too much. So the body feels good, no major injuries or anything. You know, I'm having fun in the gym. And um, how long uh, will it take to, to uh, even if maybe you don't want to give up your strategy, and if you don't, I completely respect that, but how long will it take to cut that weight to get, or how long will you take to cut that weight? What's optimal for you? Yeah, optimal for me is 15 to 16 weeks. Okay. Um, I like to do it very slow and um, controlled, meaning like if I were to take 10 to 12 weeks, I'd feel like I'd be a little rushed. Okay. And if something were to happen within that prep, where there'd be a small, you know, small injury, soft tissue injury or something like that, um, I wouldn't be able to fix it. So right. by giving myself that extra, you know, month, really ensures that about two weeks out before the competition, I have a pretty good idea as to where I'm at for contest day. Understood. Understood. And are you, are you doing anything? What, when do you train now? Do you wake up every morning, go early? What should, give me a, the day, a day in the life of uh, Phil Heath currently in training. Let's get so, training in there. Yeah. So currently I'll do like some light cardio. And what I mean by light is, you know, 20 to 30 minutes on a treadmill or step mill. Um, not high intensity because I'm still in off season. My my whole purpose behind it is just to keep myself somewhat, um, my metabolism going because obviously I have to eat a lot. And um, I don't want to get too much water retention and stuff like that. So I'm doing that. And then usually um, my training times differ. Um, either I'm training after my third meal or after my fifth or sixth meal. Um, it just depends on the, the 
the schedule I film, you know, for my own um, mobile app called the Fit app. So there's times where it's more advantageous for me to film in the gym as opposed to when it's closed. So, um, and then sometimes I'll be honest, I mean, I try to keep a low profile, even though that's very difficult. And, um, you know, we get a lot of new people that fly into our gym in Colorado to want to meet me. So I try not to make it a photo op every day right, right, <laughs> when right. I'm training. So, you know, I, I have to kind of, you know, I'm giving the secret now to all the fans. It's like, you'll never figure out my schedule. <laughs> that's right. Because, you know, I have to stay focused, but you know, I love the people, you know, it's just, you know, I have a job to do, but yeah, that's usually my schedule. I'm getting, um, you know, the cardio in three, four days a week. I'm getting massages every week, deep tissue for like three hours, which is not more painful if you know what I mean. It's more on the neuromuscular massage side, so it's it's uh more for the active release and you know you know flexibility. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, I'm doing I do the chiropractic work, you know, two to three days a week, along with some acupuncture once or twice a week. So I'm more focused uh, on the recovery side than just the training because the training usually lasts like. 90 minutes to two hours max. Wow. But the recovery is, you know, I'd say equally as, if not more important. Because if you can't recover, you can't get back in the gym. Can't get back in the gym, you can't get slow. Right, <laughs> right, right. Well, an hour and a half, that's a long session or is that common? Um, For me, it's common. I can do certain body parts like a shoulder movement. or. Um, I train myself. But I get a lot of volume in. Okay. So I'm usually getting in at least four to five different exercises. Sometimes on certain body parts, up to six. Like for chest, I'll do up to six different exercises. You know, three to four working sets. So that can take some time. But that's one of those areas where this year I'm focusing more on uh, my upper body because over the last um, two years, you know, my shape has been pretty good in the lower half. So now it's like I got to make sure it's all balanced, you know, up top. So I'm spending a lot more time on the shoulders and back and especially chest. You're not exactly buying off the rack, let's say. No. (laughs) That that, that, that (laughs) went went bye-bye many years ago. That went went (laughs) 10 years ago. That's that's something that, as a matter of fact, I was at a Denver Nuggets game last night. They were playing the T-Wolves and – one of the um, uh, police officers comes up to me after the game, and he was like, man, he's like, you're looking good, man. I said, yeah, thanks. And he goes, man, those arms, I just can't get over your arms. He's like, man, I need to get in the gym with you. I said, stop right there. Yeah. I said, because you're going to have to change your whole wardrobe, you know, your whole damn wardrobe, and you're going to have to ask for a new uniform. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. You're, you're not going to be happy about that. Oh man, that was, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Are there? What's it like when you go into a session? I know I'm a guy who gets up real early, and uh, I get my session in early. I do my. I have listen. It's not like I'm going into the Super Bowl or an NFL game day thing, but I, I do a little bit of prep, you know, a few minutes before to get my mind right. As I get older, I actually have to do that more often. When I was younger, it's like let's just get it in. Do you, what kind of prep do you do before a session? Is there something that you do with music or meditation or anything like that that's uh, unique to you or something that uh, people wouldn't know? I love I love the drive to the gym. I love it. 
I think driving minimum of 20 minutes to the gym is more than enough I need to just get my mind right. You know, it could be just listening to music, but almost treating it as white noise sometimes. Right, right. And other times, you know, you got your playlist that's getting you revved up for the heaviest leg day of your life. Um, Every morning I usually take that first hour and uh, try to make sure I'm spending time, you know, family time, you know, my fiance, but also taking some time out just to sit there in silence. Of course. <laughs> and no TV on, no radio, no anything, and just sit in the office or just sit, you know, eating something and just there's there's no talk mm-hmm. for at least 30 minutes. And then I'll probably read, like, I, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty spiritual guy, so I'll read the Bible and stuff. I read different passages. You know, just get my mind in a certain spot. And then, um, you know, I love sports stories, so, you know, I'll peruse some different books I have. You know, I read Tim Grover's Relentless a lot. And great, great um, I book. read Robert great Green. Yeah. yeah, it's a great book. You know, it's like I have to remind myself who I am sometimes reading that book. And then another one is... Uh, you know, Robert Greene's uh, 48 Laws of Power. I love that book as well. And, um, you know, I try to fluctuate between those two. And then uh, usually throughout the day, I'm, I'm always trying to learn something that has nothing to do with bodybuilding. And that kind of gives me a different focus. Mm-hmm. Because going to the gym, I think, is pretty easy for me. Right. But I, I'm one of those guys, I'm sure like you, you have to be mentally stimulated. I'd watch your feed. You know, you're always reading. You're yeah. always trying to learn something new. And uh, I think that's what makes you, you know, inspired to do your craft is because mm-hmm. you have a larger array of talent and it's because you spend time, you know, reading. So I do the same and I just try to, you know, honestly, there's days where, you know, you're, you're not going to feel great. You know, you're, yeah. you're, in, you've got a little aches and pains or something like that. And then you know, sometimes I just, look up some emails from fans and I'm like, gosh, I've got it pretty awesome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, let's not forget to stop and smell these roses. And, uh, you know, I think that's, what's really helped me is that I haven't forgot who I am and the journey that's gotten me here. Even when the, the, the days are bad, you know, it's like, I'm all right. You know, I, I find a way to meditate, get myself back into the game. And I think that's why I also, um, win. You know, when these shows, is, mm-hmm. I know how to deal with adversity. Absolutely. And it's because of my mental and more emotional consciousness, I'd say. Because, you know, if we are not emotionally strong, we'll eat our feelings, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll fall off the diet. We'll make bad decisions based on our emotions. You know, so they talk about mental tolerance all the time. It's like, yeah, that's cool. But like, how do you deal with your emotions? The guy gets a technical foul in a basketball game because his emotions got out of whack. You know, a guy missed a feet, you know, like, you know, you know how it is in football. I mean, things happen because someone's emotion, a 15-yard penalty and at the, at the end of the game to lose the game. I mean, guy running his mouth or doing, take his helmet off. I mean, those are those things that, you know, I try to remind myself, like, feel like you have a lot going for you. There can be no game slippage. You have to carry yourself like a role model because mm-hmm. there are people watching you, even on your worst day, especially on your worst day. They're watching you. Know? Oh, yeah. And you, you know, <laughs> that, that's when they watch Everybody that. That's when that's when they watch the most. Yeah, and yeah. they want to get you. Yeah, they do. You know, so they want to get you, but that's okay. You know, I learned, I realized, Mark, that you got to turn that around. 
You know, you can't just be crying and be like, oh, they're picking on me and this and that. It's like, no. The reason why they're doing that is because they expect so much of you. Now, they're just not willing to tell you. That's a very that's a big point. I've dealt with a little bit of that recently, and man, that, that's an interesting way to look at it. They 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 expect yeah. big things from you. That's uh, that's. But they're not going to tell you, Mark. Yeah. You know they're not going to. You know what I mean? Like the kind that's throwing jealousy or hate on you because you're successful. They're not telling you that they wish they could be like you, but they really do. Yeah. And that's okay. You just got to take it and say, "Well, man, you know." I'm sorry, man, you know, that things ain't working out. But if anything, you can ask me how I got here. Right. You know, you know, and maybe I can help you. Right. And I think that's what's really cool being Mr. Olympia is that I get to help people, but I don't have to force it on them. And that's something that I um, feel like we deal with more nowadays with social media is that everybody's trying to force agendas. Whereas for me, I'm like, no, I'll present something to you. And if you want to know more, participate, ask questions. I'm more than happy to help. And if not, then, okay, you know everything and, you know, carry on. Good luck, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think, um, you know, it comes with the – I enjoy it. Like people say, oh, it comes with great responsibility being a champ. I'm like, yeah, but you should want to help people. I see you help people. Mm. You know, I try. I certainly try. <laughs> Sometimes it backfires, yeah, but try. I do try. I do try. Yeah, but – yeah, but, you know, that's because they're not, that person has to be willing to receive that blessing, that advice, that wisdom. And sometimes it takes, it's, it's not you, it's the fact that they have a hard time looking at themselves in the mirror every morning. Right. And that's where the emotions, you know, I try to tell people, like, we all are suffering through some sort of pain. All that negativity you see in the world is because someone's in pain. Hmm. And I think it's our job to remind them that, yes, you're in pain. I get it. I don't know you. I don't know your circumstance, but you're in pain. I can feel it. Mm. But let's turn this around, man. Like, you ain't supposed to be in pain on this earth. Like, you're supposed to do something exceptionally well. I don't know what it is, but it's time for you to figure that out. I like that. I like it. Um, you know, when did you, you talk about responsibility, it comes with great responsibility, but you should want to help people. I completely agree. So when did you realize, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm always on, uh, online when, when we're on a show and I'm looking at your, the chronological order of your wins. And it, I don't think people understand this. Phil didn't just show up. His first Olympia win wasn't his first bodybuilding show. Uh, and the bodybuilders listening will certainly understand that. But the everyday fitness people, the people who are logging on to learn more about you, Phil, that you started in 2003 or 2002? Uh, I st my first contest was in 2003. 2003, okay. Yep. And yep. that was the Northern uh, Colorado State Novice. You won uh, light heavyweight first overall. What was that experience like, your first show? <laughs> Excuse me, well, Really quick, I was around a lot of bodybuilders after playing basketball in college. Went to go watch them compete, thought, well, maybe I could try it. Decided to do a show, and it was like six months out. Started to train. I was still in college doing a fifth year, and, uh, man, I never knew how hard it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to the gym. It's like, no, 
you actually have to eat on the schedule. And I'm like, what? I have to eat on the schedule and go to class and study? And I was working a, a, a night job? I was like, how am I able to do this? And one of my friends was like, you'll figure it out. And I did. <laughs> you know, you had to, like, you know, really, you know, sacrifice. Like, there was no partying on Friday night. There was none of that. It was me either studying or, you know, in the gym mm. and uh, or resting eating <laughs> you mean to tell me uh, that the gifted one is not just gifted you actually had to work for it i had to work man <laughs> yeah. like it was i mean it came i would say this the, the the strength in the gym that came quick okay um the ability to learn like if you were to say hey phil i'm going to show you how to do this type of exercise i say okay show me like three times i'll figure it out that's why I thought like I was more an athlete. Like I could figure stuff out pretty quick, but the eating, Oh my God, to give up pizza and beer and (laughs) Doritos and Skittles and all that stuff and peanut butter cups and all that ice cream. Man, you used to eat all, you used to eat all that stuff. I used to eat so bad. Oh man. I mean, I was a basketball player. Like what basketball player eats clean other than LeBron James, you know, like you go to the games and you see, like literally on the scores table, they have candy there. Right. Candy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this so before, before, candy. before the NFL games, like the night before, I've said this a few times on the show. They would have a, a table where you can get meals and, and snacks and bring it back to your room in the hotel. Dude, there was everything from a, a Sunday bar you can make your own Sundays right? to fried chicken to chicken fingers to uh, chicken wings, and I was thinking, who? set this up i mean they need they should be fired it was awful i couldn't believe it i'm trying to eat healthy i had to order food to the hotel oh wow that's yeah yeah i gave all that stuff up man i mean it that was really difficult but then when i understood that okay so it's not about just gaining weight you know because that's what you're thinking you know i'm 23 years old i'm like oh man i'm just trying to gain some weight i'm just gonna eat everything it's like no you have to have more method to that madness. So, you know, reading those me- those magazines, you know, the Flex, Muscle Fitness, all that stuff, you kind of started writing your own diet out. And that's what I started to do. And that's what really helped is that I started taking pictures every week. You know, with an old, old 2.1 megapixel camera. Can you believe that? Wow. 2.1. <laughs> wow. You know, we don't, <laughs> kids don't even know what the heck that is. They're like, what is that? <laughs> you might as well have said Polaroid camera. Pretty much, right? <laughs> so here I am trying to take selfies with this thing, put it on a timer. And um, mind you, I'm still living in a basketball house, so I'm a fifth-year senior, you know, living in the basketball house, not playing. Everybody's like, you're getting ready for a bodybuilding show. Oh, that's great. Like, they weren't really excited. <laughs> but I would say the week before, they, were, they started realizing, like, wow, Phil looks really good, man. Like, he looks really good. And then... The night before, um, that was the hardest night, one of the hardest nights of my career, whether it be amateur or pro. Really? Real quick. Yes. I had, I knew my teammates, and I'm sure you'll understand when I say this. I knew my teammates and what they do on Friday, Saturday night. So I said, look, I got a show tomorrow morning. I got to drive from Denver to Boulder. I'm getting picked up at like nine, like like 7.45 in the morning. I gotta make it there by nine for wings. Do not bring the campus back to our house. Please. <laughs> please don't, please, please, please don't do it. I will buy you a keg 
the minute I get back, whatever. I even went to the girlfriends of the guys, of my old teammates, bagged them. I said, please. They're like, oh, yeah, no problem. We'll just party at my house. Perfect. I just need some sleep, guys. Right. I'm going to go to bed about 10 o'clock. You know, I got to be up by like 6, you know, get something to eat, and then get picked up. Come one, 1 in the morning, I hear, the, I live in a basement, hear the door open, closes, door open, closed, door open, closed. I'm like, okay, everybody's home. Then I start hearing a bunch of footsteps. Then I hear the TV get turned on. Oh, then no. I hear the radio playing. Now I hear more people coming in and out of the house. Now I hear, you know, the dog that we had just screaming and hollering because everybody's in the house. Now it becomes a 230-some people party oh, at my house. No. I must have lost my crap and ran upstairs <laughs> and... I I literally grabbed one of my teammates. I was like, are you effing out of your mind? <laughs> like, I'm going to kill all of you. They're like, you know, and that's when I realized, like, people don't understand. Like, people even lifting, they're like, well, what's the big deal, dude? Like, yeah. you'll be fine. You know, you just wake up and you go pose the next day. It's like, no, man, I need sleep. I need right. actual rest. The muscles to be ready for this one moment. And me losing two hours of sleep is going to hurt my chances. Man. So. Interesting. Yeah, I got to. I actually got into a fight that night with a guy, with a person that was just in my house. He was just like, why don't you just chill out, dude? You know, one of those guys. <laughs> oh. It didn't end too well for him. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is bad. Like, I shouldn't have to, like, put the smack down on some kid. No, hell no. So then he, you know, and I just thought, all for body. Like, what am I doing? So I slept in the garage. We had a detached garage. I slept in my car in the garage. Oof. And I had my phone. Now, back then, it was 2003. There's no real, you know, high sophisticated phones. It's a razor. You had, you had, you had, you had a razor. You had to. Man, I had, I had the, I had something weaker than that. I had AT and T Go phone. Like oh, that that man. thing was. It, 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 there was no flip. Nothing. There was flipping nothing. Like it was like straight out of Zach Morris's hand. Oh. You know, it's like one of them. So. Now my phone is ringing because people are giving me, like, you know, my family from the East Coast are, like, wishing me well. I'm like, yeah, thanks. They're like, where are you at? Like, I'm asleep. I'm in the car. What do you mean you're in the car? Never mind. I'll call you later. Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. I probably got like, three hours of sleep, and then I get, you know, we go to the show. My friend, who's still my friend to this day, his name is Josh Crandall. Um, he's the one that helped me do my first show. And um, I bring him to the Olympia every year. Well, he goes, man, you look like crap. I go, I'll tell you all about it in the car. Let's just get the heck out of here. And um, I won the whole show. I won the novice overall and the open class overall light heavyweight. And um, here's the crazy part. None of my teammates showed up. They tried to. They did try, I think, because they felt bad. Right. And it was sold out. Oh, wow. By the time I got home, they were all partying, of course. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I walk in there with all this hardware. Now, everybody like, oh, yeah, I knew you could do it. And this and that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the funny thing, right, is that not everybody deserves to ride on your on your float, Yeah. you know, yeah. during the parade. And I still give them a hard time for that. I'm like, you guys do realize that I wanted to quit bodybuilding because of that commitment, like how someone else could ruin this for me. Wow. You know? 
And, and that, um, that's that, crazy, man. That was a good point. Yeah, it was wild, man. <laughs> well, I just think that like people, what's the big deal in that guy telling you to chill out? They just don't understand not only what it takes, but the consistency or the entirety of the commitment for the long haul for that length of time that you were being so disciplined and so regimented. Like, it, they could never do that for maybe a weekend or who cares if they could or couldn't they just didn't understand what you had been through and that's such a big thing that anyone would need to respect and that's like that's the climax of it the night before so oh my god i i i might have yeah. lost my mind too really you would have lost trust me bro you would have probably lost <laughs> yeah i know i would have but yeah. so that was in 2003 and now you you won your seventh mr olympia in 2017 what is it like? Do you still get nervous? Do you still get nervous before? Do you still have the same ritual? Has the rituals changed before? To tell us about your rituals and and if you get nervous. Yeah. So, in a nutshell, I get very nervous. It's more anxious than nervousness. Um, but I have my routine. You know, I go into the, uh, I walk. It takes. All right. Let me back up. The Orleans Arena is where the contest is held. I stay off-site where all the other athletes usually stay at the Orleans Arena, uh, Orleans Hotel. I also have a hotel room there just for the days of the, comp- the competition. Okay. Because I don't want to deal with traffic and all that stuff. Of so, course. Um, so it takes, me, it takes just under 12 minutes to walk from my room to the arena. Okay. Literally. We already have it done. Like it's, and we make it in 12 minutes. We don't stop. We don't take pictures. We don't, you know, I, I say thank you. Hey, I'm, yep. All right, champ. Okay, thank you. Thank you. You know, and just put my headphones on. I walk. I, I give a kiss to my fiance. You know, I, you know, slap dap with all my friends, you know, that have been riding with me. You know, kind of like what you see, like, you know, you watch like a boxer or a UFC fighter, you know, they walk with their crew. Mm-hmm. And then when they got to go into the into the ring or whatever, you know, they show with love and respect to everybody that walked that walk with them. So I do that. And then I will tell you this. Walking into the foyer, like in the backstage, it's the coldest walk. It's like very chilly. Really? There's no heat back there. Yeah. It, I don't know. It, I don't know. It's very cold. I don't. Or maybe because you're so dehydrated and you have no body fat. No? That's true. That could be true, too, because I, I definitely agree with you on that. And I kind of feel like almost like a a spiritual thing mm-hmm. it's like okay you're walking through here i'm starting to replay like everything that got me to this point and why i should be happy i'm here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you turn a corner and then there's bright lights everywhere there's cameras you know you got photographers videographers and also the athletes you know either warming up doing interviews etc i stay away from all the other open class competitors and i actually sit with the the under 212 pound competitors Okay. Um, it's a totally different category because you know I can, if I'm chill and want to make conversation, they don't care because I'm not there. I'm not a threat to them. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so, really the, no so all right. So, so the other guys don't. They don't want to acknowledge each other. It's like that kind of competition because we it, don't know what it's it, like it, on the like other that. side. Okay. Okay. Right. So, so yeah. For everybody listening, yeah. When I walk in, it's one of those things where like you're the new kid at school. Okay. <laughs> right. You would think. You would think that being the best in the world, like you walk in and everybody wants, hey, Phil, what's going on, man? <laughs> no. They're like, 
I hate this dude. Not that kind of party. Yeah, no, they don't care. They, if I slipped and fell, broke my leg, they'd be like, oh, well, looks like I'm going to be the champ today. That's, <laughs> I hate to say it, but that's the look that they give. So I, I acknowledge it. I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. You know, I ain't going to sit where I'm not, you know, welcome. I can feel the energy. I can feel the nervous energy as well. Standing next to certain people that are like their first time. So I may talk to that person, you know, hey, young, hey, how you doing? Okay, well, you know, just know. Give them some tips like, hey, they they always run a tight ship. Make sure you're on time. Make sure you get your tanning done. Make sure you have a proper warm-up going on. What do you mean a proper warm-up? I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> so, you know, you get some guys that are wet behind the ears because they, they forget, like, oh, well, I trained, I dieted, I posed, you know, I practiced, but I didn't figure out, like, okay, what time the show is and how long it's going to take me to get ready to present my physique on that stage? Does it take five minutes? Does it take 30 minutes? Does it take an hour? And how long will that pump last for the entire hour and a half, two hour pre-judging? See, that's where the fans, it's like, you all go to the gym, you just do the workout, halfway through, you start feeling a pump. By the end of the workout, you see the pump. How long does that pump last? Well, 40 minutes, maybe, but really after your workout, that's the peak, right? That's the climax. Like, wow, like, this is perfect. I'd like to freeze this moment in time. That's what I want to do. So problem is, is that during those hour and a half, two hours, um, your body's probably too tired. Right. So right. you got you to figure all these things out like months before, years before. So I'm going through all this stuff in my head backstage. And then, you know, I start, I slowly start peeling off clothing, you know, slowly start warming up slowly start because you know you peel off your clothes you know you got the poses and stuff everybody wants to take a look and pictures and this and that i'm trying to be in their head the entire damn time and they'll all admit that he's not in my head yeah right <laughs> i walk around i walk around with a full track suit i take the pants off first so i take the jacket off got a t-shirt on mm-hmm. got the pants take the pants off got shorts on take the shorts off i've got a shirt on and posing trunks then I'll take the t-shirt off. By then, you, you've you already been watching what the hell I'm doing. You done messed up half of your own routine call. That's, you that's right. You get that's right. up. You know, so that's one of those things that I do. And they know I do it. So even when I'm saying it, it's, you know, some people are like, man, that's kind of cocky. It's like, no, 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 this is, this is psychological warfare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is psychological warfare. There's no different than Schwarzenegger walking next to a guy and saying a couple things and that person's gonna they're in a depleted state <laughs> physically mentally and emotionally you get them riled up <laughs> oh yeah i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure everyone's phil everyone must be irritable no oh for sure i've seen some guys that are very well let's put it like this if you're really in shape they're gonna be slightly irritated <laughs> really you know wow but you know, because the, you know, you take someone's food away. That's one thing. You take someone's water away. Oof. Oh my god. Oh my like, goodness. To get ready for the show, you deplete the fluid. About two weeks out, to a week out, and then the last forty-eight hours before you step on stage, you're probably only sipping on sixteen ounces of fluid, Oof. and you're still having to eat. You're still having to eat six Oof. to eight times a day. Oof. So imagine that, like, if people were to say, okay, I'm used to drinking a gallon and a half of water a day, I'm hydrated and this and that, 
now you got to then half the next day, half the next day, half that next day, and you're still eating six to eight meals a day, you're going to get pissed. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so so, so, so dry. Ugh. Yeah. Your your mouth is, like, super dry. you got to wear, you know, <laughs> you know, bliss text, you know, because <laughs> your lips are cracked. Like, you feel, like, your bones, you feel it in your bones, your joints. And everybody's like, man, this sounds awful. Well, you look freaking amazing, though. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's where mentally I remind myself, Phil, you're here. Embrace the fact that you're not going to make any friends today because you're taking something away from them. You're, you're, you're being the best in the world at something. Don't, don't expect them to sing your praises. Just go do your job. Mm. And uh, you and actually, I flip it around and say, I owe it to the sport of bodybuilding and its competitors to give my best and greatest effort. So then they can feel like at least I went against the best. He didn't disrespect the crown, or he didn't. He wasn't lazy and just relied on genetics. He worked. So I feel like that's part of my responsibility, but. To sum it all up, I get freaking nervous. I get ready to go up on stage. I say a quick prayer. I take a few deep breaths because I know there's about 10,000 people in the audience and there's nothing but lights and cameras on you. And there's people all over the world watching through Amazon, um, you know, because Amazon show, streams it. Right. And I just get out there and have truly just some fun. You know, the first time you're like, oh my God, like, you know, he's kind of shaking and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then you realize, if I prepared myself different than a speech in front of 10 people or 10,000 people, if you're prepared, you ain't going to shake. Right. You, you've prepared yourself. So bodybuilding is that sport where you have to know who the hell you are. I love all it. All the time. I love it. And find out those strengths and weaknesses and really focus on those weaknesses and make them a strength. And if you can do that, your physical, mental, and emotional approach you're going to shock yourself. You're going to really do something special. You know, I was at your first uh, Olympia win. And um, I remember you being on stage. And, and I, I think, I'm pretty sure that may have been my first. For the people that don't know, Phil and I worked together for uh, a supplement company back in the day called Muscle Tech. And we would spend some time together at the Muscle Tech booth. And I... Of course, uh, grew a, a friendship with Phil, and I would pick his brain and ask him questions. And when I first went to the show, I saw Phil on stage, and there was, it was interesting because I, these guys—they're huge. First of all, they're just ginormous, and you know they look like, as Phil said, I've heard him say many times before, like you know uh, superhero figures or comic book uh, figures. And the energy was different. Like you had some big guys that were just huge and they were moving. Like don't forget, as Phil said, they were hungry, they were dehydrated. But Phil had a different type of energy and I appreciated that because you made it fun. And, and, and you brought so much energy to it. And I was like, wow, that that's really cool. And I liked it. And that's something that I would never like. I would never care to like, but I liked it because he brought a special energy to it. So kudos to you, Phil. And, um, oh, thank you. I, and I remember, you know, that first time, when you won, what was, what was it like your first Olympia win when they said uh, the new, the new, and I, cause I, I was emotional and it wasn't even me. So what was it like? What was it like for you? Um, so 
you know, I'm up there with Jay Cutler, four-time Mr. Olympia, and then I'm realizing, okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Phil, I'm sorry. I have to stop you. What, what the listeners don't know is that Jay Cutler also worked for the same brand with us. Yeah. Right? That, I mean, that was right. it was so freaky. I was like, what's going on over here? Like, I don't even know what to do. It was crazy, right? And it was the hardest. And it was the hardest thing for I mean, some fans in the sport to watch because they had great admiration for Jay and they knew probably that it was time for me to emerge as the champion. It didn't mean that he was bad. It just meant that it was my time. Right. And um, Jay was very respectful and humble about it. He talked to me oh. on stage. Dude, first class, okay. class act, right? Class act. Yeah. Jay Color is no joke. He's a great person. It. Yeah, he... he he gave me props. He said, you brought it, you did it, you're, you're going to win tonight. And I said, I hope so. <laughs> but um, I said, thank you. And, you know, I, I told him thanks and, you know, I appreciate, you know, the respect and, you know, the support. But then when they called my name, I kid you not, it was like the craziest synapses in my head. I went all the way back, all the way back to my early childhood of when, there were so many whys on the road. There were so many, like, defining moments. Like, not just all good stuff. Right. You know, like, being being four or five years old, consecutive years, having someone break into your house during the holidays and steal all your, your Christmas presents, to getting your first basketball hoop, to playing in your first basketball game, your first track meet, you know, your first championship game in, in high school, you know, winning state, you know, going to college, like all these different things from my very first bodybuilding show to, you know, the one that I just mentioned to you about, like all these things, even in 2009, Mr. Olympia contest after placing third in my first Mr. Olympia in 08, getting food poisoning and still wanting to compete the following day, placing fifth, Oof. you know, all those things. And then it was like hearing all those times where you were told you're not good enough or you're too short or you're not, you know, you're not fast enough. You're not smart enough. And then it just all like, it just like went back to real time and I like blink and I just start crying because it's like, I made it. I made it at something. And not everybody gets to feel that to be a world champion at anything. And I just was very proud that I made those wise in the road, you know, the right way. Uh, it led me to being the greatest bodybuilder in the world at that, that year. Right. You know, and I take it with great honor because, you know, look, I grew up in the inner city of Seattle. I mean, Rainier Beach High School, look it up. It's not the most prestigious high school. It was a bunch of thugs, man. Like, you know, we had a, a rough upbringing, but you know what? I, I love my community. I love my home state of Washington. I love my hometown, but I got through it. You know, I got through it along with a lot of other pros that got out of there in other sports. And, um, you know, there was times, you know, you wanted to do the wrong thing, hang out with the wrong crowd, but I had a mom that was up my butt <laughs> so oh, yeah. much that she would show up to the school just randomly. I'm like, did I do something? She's like, no, not yet. Like, what you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like oh, okay. My mom, get this, Mark. Whose mom takes a day off from her real job, 
and says, okay, I'll switch my whole schedule to work Tuesdays through Saturday, okay, so I can take Monday off and go to my son's middle school and not sit in his classes, but sit in all of his friends' classes. <laughs> wow. Wow. She wanted to know who the hell I was hanging out with, who was my environment like. When we talk about this whole Mr. Olympia thing, it was about controlling my environment as well as my body, mm. and my mind, making sure you're around those positive people, not those energy vampires, those negative people, the people that, yeah, maybe they have a good heart, but they're doing something really foul, and you got to stay away because it's going to, you don't want to be a part of their karma or whatever you want to call it. So I had a really good support and, um, an amazing, mo an amazing, an amazing mom. Wow. She's yeah. incredible. Like I was just so pumped that I was able to do it and, uh, have my whole family there and just, I mean, heck I saw you at the after party, you know, like we all said, what's up. And you know, it was just a great time, man. It's yeah. a great, great time. And, um, you know, it started my legacy. I'll never forget it. Well, let's go. Let's 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 let the listeners know how many men, how many competitors are on stage that night. So there's usually under twenty four competitors. Mm -hmm. There's been years they've had only eighteen. There's some years they've had like twenty six. So usually, roughly around twenty two to twenty four competitors. And how do they get on there? How do they qualify for that, Phil? Usually, there's around. 25 to 30 that qualify mm -hmm. and some just don't wish to do it maybe because they're injured or would rather pick a show that they could be more competitive at. Okay. Um, cause I didn't compete at my first, uh, two Olympia, um, qualifications. I, I qualified in 06, my pro debut and the following year in 07. And I declined to appear at the Olympia because I just didn't feel I was going to be competitive. I need more time. So there's some there's some of that that happens with some of the new guys on the scene. They want to take their time, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, having all those great guys up on that stage, they all are trying to make sure that people remember their name. Right. And uh, it's, it's very intense, <laughs> you know. But I think that first night, because it's a two-day pre-judging, uh, two-day show, you have the pre-judging on Friday, which is super intense. Then Saturday – you kind of know, you kind of know who's winning and who's losing. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people are a little bit more relaxed. You see a little bit more joking backstage, and the fact that they get to do their own posing routine, they're they're a lot more relaxed. Mm -hmm. So I, I I see Saturday usually as that day. It's never relaxed for me, <laughs> but uh, I'd say for some of the the guys like in the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth place, you know, they're just so excited. You know, they're just so excited. I've been able to see a lot of athletes just come up to me and be like, I'm just so excited that I was able to make it and make sure people knew who I was when I was up there. And I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, welcome to the club, man. It's, it's what the Super Bowl of bodybuilding should be about. Yeah, that, must, yeah, be, that must be that must be a pick-me-up for you to see those younger guys, like, coming up. I mean, it's, it's pretty motivating. Yeah. Because they're looking at you, you're you're, you're the you're the guy, man. They 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 want to be you. They do. They want to be you. And what they and what they don't realize is that I can remember more about them than maybe they about me. 
because I watch all of the new guys, whether they think I like them or not. I may give them an impression that I don't like anyone, but um, that's just a competitive side. The the Phil Heath side is just a fan of the sport. So I enjoy seeing these guys get excited. Energy feeds better energy. You know, you don't need everybody all negative and stuff. That doesn't work. You know, this isn't boxing. This isn't some contact sport. So this is more about just showing what you got. And everybody brings something special to the stage. Mm-hmm. And the fans all over the world get to see something special with each and every one of us. So I get I get pumped for them. I always will. Even when I retire, I'll be still probably every now and again, they'll see me backstage and, you know, they'll probably give me a hug then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know? You always get the respect, you know what I mean? Like you always get the love after you're gone, you know, for a little while. But um but I, I, I love their spirit. Mm. I love that they want what I have. Because they see that I smile every day. Right. Why wouldn't you want that? But it comes with pain and it comes with managing the struggle and managing those emotions at the most important moments of your life. That'll get you to that, you know, that mountain. And how do you manage all like the adversity, uh, the losses, um, you know, the, the family members that that you've lost and you've had a lot of difficult times. How do you manage to keep going? What do you tell yourself? Where's your head at? Like, what do you, where, where do you go for your inspiration? You know, I go to my, I rely on my faith a lot. Um, but also just reminding myself, Phil, focus on your craft. What are you the best at? You know, I'm, I think I'm a pretty intelligent dude. I'm a, I'm a good friend to people. But right now, what are you really good at? Then you're good at winning. So just win, dude. Just win. When you're going through the hardest moments, man, I had to, I remember watching my, my biological father deteriorate. I mean, just, just die. Like he was supposed to die in a month. He lasted just under a year. I was so happy, but I also have a half brother, same dad, different mom. Right. And he's in college having to watch. So this is me during my Olympia prep. I think it was 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2013 when I first saw my dad in the hospital. It was in August, a month out. And the doctor's telling me, you don't look good. It could be a week, a day. That's it. I, I looked him in the eye and I said, you don't know what the hell you're talking about? Don't care what medicine you study. You don't know my dad. I, I have half of his DNA. And let me tell you, you don't know. And he right. made it another seven months. Wow. So I remember seeing my brother later on study for finals in, he's a pre-med over at University of Washington. And um, he's over here studying genetics and biochem while our father is just about to give up, you know, which was, we were all cool with it. And I'm like, my own brother can be determined to still do his homework during this tough time. He was only 19. Wow. And since then, which is crazy, he, his name is Brandon Heath. He's, you would love him. He's 6'6", 260, bro. Wow. <laughs> oh, I think I met yeah. Brandon. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah I met him. Brandon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a monster. So, so yeah, now he's, 
now he's 21 and just a year and some change after our dad passed, his mom passed. So here I am getting ready for Olympia, you know, last year. And I'm thinking, gosh, man, you know, this, I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) My own brother has no parents. I still have my mom and my stepdad. My brother Brandon has no one. And he's still able, and he's autistic. He's high-functioning autistic. He lives on his own. He does his own bills. He's battling his own stuff. And he he's able to still persevere. And here I am worried about the Olympia. Right. Man, I got so much motivation, you know, and um, it, it inspires me, not just through him, but even these other stories that you hear, you know, around the world. There's always someone else that has it a little bit worse and they're able to focus. So what's your excuse? Probably because you don't know how to deal with your emotions. Exactly. So you got to tighten that up and you got to realize I've got it. I got my two feet on the ground, man. I can do work. I can do it. Something incredible. And for me, it's like throw another log on the fire. You know, let's get to work. And, uh, Phil, have you, know, you have you always really, been, have you always been like that? Yeah, I've always been. In, I think when I was younger, I was more like I was a coach's. I'll just brag about myself for a second. I was a coach's dream because if you said, "Phil, go run through that brick wall," I'd be like, "Well, how many times?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just go do it. Okay, I need you to go do this. Yes, sir. And. Then it became like I had a real crazy high school basketball coach. Um, he's still there. And, those, um, those are the best ones. He was like Bobby Knight, dude. Oh. But, oh, my God. And back when you could actually get grabbed, oh, <laughs> you know, I remember. I remember. Um, and hit upside the head and cursed that. But you know what? He loved us so hard that you understood. Like, he just wants you to snap out of it and be the best that you can be. So he turned that switch, and that's what I got crazy about, like wanting to be my best at everything, because he forced it out of me. He would make me run. If I laid the ball up, if I laid it up, he would make me run. Because he says, why am I seeing you when practice is over, over here dunking the basketball so easily, but then in practice or the games, you don't want to do it. He goes, you need to dunk that ball all over their face and embarrass them. And I was like, but coach, it's two points, two points. He's like, I don't care. You need to do this. And one game, he uh, pulled me right out. <laughs> During halftime, had me running on the sideline. During halftime, he's like, nope, you go out there and run. Wow. Ain't nobody in the, ain't nobody on the court. I'm over here running, looking like an idiot. And it was because he was like, you'll learn. <laughs> so then it just brought out that fire. <laughs> and I was just like ferocious after that. And later on, you know, you, you grow out of that and you start getting a little bit more wisdom to you and you know how to turn that on and turn it off. Because when you're a kid, you don't know how to turn it off. Right. You're intense all the time. Right. You're just intense, you know. You don't know how to relax. Yeah, and I think that was that's my so problem true, man. You know, growing up. I think yeah. So you've gotten better at the the you know. There's a lot of discussion on this show: parasympathetic, sympathetic. You know, fight or flight or relax mode. You 
as a younger competitor, you're like, let's go, let's do this. You're hot, you know, piss and fire. But as you get older, you realize for longevity, I don't really need to do that. I got to be smarter, right? So what mm -hmm. types of things yeah. do you do, do now to help you relax a little bit um, when you're not competing and you're trying to recover, so to speak? You mentioned the massage and things like that, but what do you do, you know, for your mind? Um, I seriously <laughs> will read. Okay. And I'm talking about just not just current events, but like anything. It'll be anything. Sheree, my fiance, will be like, what are you reading about? Oh, I'm reading about um, home improvement. She's like, you don't know how to do anything with home improvement. I go, exactly. <laughs> what are you reading about now? Oh, I'm reading about, you know, the, the Mediterranean Sea and this and that and the other. Like, why are you doing that? I don't know. Maybe we'll go on a cruise one day. I don't know. <laughs> I just always just trying to like, my, my dad who passed, like he was great at like a lot of different things, or I should say he was good at a lot of different things. And I remember even though I didn't grow up with him, I remember being around him and he always was reading something. He was always trying to learn something, retaining knowledge and, and stuff like that. And I was like, the minute you stop trying to learn during that idle time, man, that's the devil's time, bro. Oh yeah. Idle time's the devil's time. But when you're not training, you're off season or you just want to show, or, you know, you trying to live that ride that wave. And that's the worst time. That's when the devils come out. That's when the demons come out. So you got to know how to like occupy your time wisely. And what better way is to read a self empowerment book, or you know, or start writing something. You don't have to. And that, and honestly, that's stuff that I think we get lost with our gender. You're, you're, you and I are like the same age, but I think the younger folks they're so quick to put everything on a on a social media platform. Whereas for us. We like to read, maybe jot some notes down, real pen the paper. And I think that's important still to this day mm -hmm. is that I write down my goals. I write down things I want to do in life. And then I look back at them, you know, three months later and say, did you really do it? <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, no, no, okay. And then I know what I, I can improve on. Right. And it's not always trying to find validation or acceptance from a bunch of strangers on social media. Yeah. You know, I, I, and that's where I don't spend a lot of my idle time is, you know, I'll spend time in email and answering questions on social media, but I don't use that as my primary source for relaxing, learning, and uh, staying motivated. Mm -hmm. I have to, sometimes like we talked about before, sitting in silence, read a book, listen to some music, you know? I mean, I'm at my house right now. If you go downstairs, there's jazz playing in my house. Nice. Why? Because I just love jazz. I just love smooth music. I love hip hop and all, rock and roll and all that stuff too. But there's a time for that, and there's a time to chill. <laughs> you know? And I'm I'm not 25 anymore. I'm 38. I got to know how to relax so I can save that energy. But when it's time to go to the gym or it's time to go do a task, right? Absolutely, man. Amazing stuff, Phil. So Nick, I want to be a respectful host here. I, what I want to do is um, ask you one more question, and then we're going to hit our speed round. So is, is there ever been a time where you were on stage competing, training, where you just had to go to a dark place and just, you know, I hate the terms grind and beast mode, but you really had to go deep and channel your mindset to go to a place that probably isn't that comfortable to dig really deep 
to get even more than you've ever gotten from your body. You're, you know, you're a gifted guy, the gifted one. Phil's, he's clearly got the genetics, but he works his ass off. Like that, that's not a, a coincidence. He puts in a shit ton of time and this guy works. So did you ever remember a moment where you were like, man, I, I remember that moment I had to dig so deep to just bust my ass. Do you remember that time? There was, there was two times. One, when um, I was in San Jose with my fiance, who was at the time my girlfriend. So she was from the Bay Area. I was like, oh, I'll come visit and we'll go train uh, with my trainer. And uh, he put me through one of those fallacious workouts on leg day that, you know, like all I remember is being done and then him saying, we got more. Wow. And it was like that time in high school where you're like, more coach? You just ran us all for like two hours, coach. You know, one of those moments where you're just pissed right. and you're angry, you're tired, you want to go home. And here he is saying, we got more? He was like, yep, you got to do lunges all around the gym. Now, who was that trainer, Phil? Honey? Honey Rambo. Right. Rambo. Are you still with Honey now? Yeah, yeah, I'm still with Honey. So I've been with him since uh, uh, fall of uh, the fall of 05. What's unique about Honey? So, what's unique about him is that he <laughs> he understands the body because you know he he studied biochem in college and this and that. So he's great at nutrition and understanding you know what you put in 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 certain performance output, and he understands not just for bodybuilders, but he's worked with football players, Olympic athletes. You know, he's worked with Jermaine Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, he's worked with a lot of different people. So he understands different body types, both men and women. And I and I like the fact that he, if I have a question, he will find the answer for me. doesn't mean he always knows it, right. but he'll get that answer. I mean, right. the guy has a relentless mindset as far as, like, research. I mean, he'll research, you know, anything. <laughs> right. You know, he doesn't sleep because he's always researching. And I, and I love that because in order to get maximum output, I need to not have to worry about researching 24-7 and have him do it and me do a little bit of it, and then we can talk, and it's like, boom, okay, good, we're good. Like Phil Jackson, Kobe, or Jordan, or whatever, and we're good to go. Right. He gives me the game plan, I know how to execute, let's go. Sweet. But uh, that time where he was training me, I went to that place where I didn't. I, there was nothing left. <laughs> there was nothing left. And for anyone that has lost someone in your life, um, when I lost my father, it devastated me. So it was like one of those moments where I heard him speak. And it was pretty much pretty much him saying, get your ass up. Let's go. Oh, yeah. And I cried while I was doing those lunges. Wow. I had tears in my eyes. It was a packed gym. You know, people were probably like, what the hell? Like, why is Mr. Olympic over here? Got tears in his eyes. And it was like, I pushed myself beyond that limit. I broke the shell. I broke my own shell. Yeah. And that happened again. Well, let me go back. After that happened and I did it, Cherie was like, yeah, I had asked Honey, like, why did he do that? He goes, because I knew he could do it. I had to make him do something that he was, he couldn't do. But he found a way to do it. And that let me know that he's he's willing to win again. So last year, 
yeah, because that was in like 2014. So last year, you know, I was dealing with a double hernia and intestinal strangulation problem, and every night was painful. Anyone that's had a hernia, it was trying to sleep. I mean, it was just terrible. And, you know, it was just very uncomfortable, you know, not being able to lift the same way and this and that. Everything was uncomfortable. And having to do legs twice a week mm. uh, with no training partner. I have no training partner. You know, I had to dig deep every freaking workout. Every workout, every set meant something. Every rep meant something. But I had to scream. I screamed and hollered, not like trying to motivate myself, just scream out of pain. Oh. And, you know, and know that, like, if I don't win, well, I can be funny and say, I feel he would get the Jordan face, the crying Jordan face, and everybody would laugh. Right. The other part was, the other part was, I refuse, no disrespect to any other competitor, but I refuse to get outworked by someone who I think I'm better than. I refuse. I refuse. You have to prove it to me. And I don't care if I'm sick. I don't care if I'm injured. You're still going to have to prove it to me. Because that's what champions do. So you got to eat your own words. So every workout last year for Olympia, I did like 100 workouts. I mean, it was painful. Every day, painful. Ugh. Posing, painful. Resting, painful. And eventually I blocked that shit out and embraced it and said, you need this pain. Now use it. You need this pain. Imagine, Phil. I used to tell myself. I used to talk to myself. People were like, man, you talk to yourself? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I will talk to myself. I'm like, Phil, you win this Olympia with this problem. You will get this resolved and have more armor to go into any battle in life, not just bodybuilding, in life that you can ever imagine. But you have to get through this one. You have to. And that's a lesson to everyone. You have to go through these challenges. You have to be willing to do it in order to level up. Everybody right. wants to talk about, oh, I leveled up and I did this. No, you had to prove that you could, you know, graduate right. <laughs> this hard level. And if you're, you know, you're pointing fingers and your emotions get involved and all this other crap and you're around negativity, your environment's messed up and you don't want to change it, you're not going to succeed and then you're going to bitch and moan and point fingers and blame everybody else. Mm. No, this is an opportunity for greatness. And that's what I did. I was like, Phil, you win this Olympia, no matter what happens after that, you still are tied with Arnold Schwarzenegger for second most all time. Sick. You're still tied with someone that's iconic. Crazy. Isn't that worth damn near dying for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh like, you know, in that gym. So oh, there was man. days, man, like, Cherie would have to walk me out of that gym, man. She'd have to drive home because we trained when, when the gym was closed. You know, and she caught me one time. She was doing cardio, and then she stopped doing cardio, was was on the couch in the front desk asleep because she was like, oh, Phil's doing legs, you know, for two hours. I'll just go do my cardio for 45 minutes, and I'll just nap until he's done, and we'll go home. She goes in the back. I am asleep on the leg press wow. <laughs> with weights on it. She's like, how long have you been here? I said, I don't know how long I've been asleep. Wow. And so we looked at the security tape. I was knocked out for like 25 minutes. Wow. I was just over here killing myself. And then I just was like, I had none left. And those are the things that like people don't know, you know, because 
you know, they just think, oh, he's got genetics. Like, he's just going to win. It's like, no, nah, man, like, I'm the dude that, like, will train one way in front of you, but then I'll go back to the gym that night. <laughs> it's like for you. Like, I read your story. You're over here breaking and entering in a, oh, in a yeah. football field to go run on a track. Yeah. Ain't no one there. But you knew it was necessary. Absolutely. So for me, it was necessary. It's like, it's necessary. For me to go through this pain, it's necessary to go through this sacrifice because that's what the game is. Like, if I want to be the best in the world, something I got to sacrifice. Right. And I can't complain. <laughs> I can't get. Oh man, you know. Oh my 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 leg hurts. My arm hurts. Oh, I got injured. No. You just fix it. <laughs> you know. You fix it and you keep going. Otherwise, you know. Hey, you know, you know, people do like second place. You know, they like rooting for the underdog. That could be you. Right. But I, 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 man, I, I'm stuttering right now because I'm like, that cannot even be in my vocabulary. I love like it. it. It just infuriates me to even think of a silver anything. <laughs> that just would bother me because I gave up on myself. And I'm never going to, I'm not going to feel like that. You know, it's not fair to myself 30 years from now saying, well, I could have could have broke the record or tied it. But, you know, I kind of punked out on my diet and, you know, you know, something happened. Me and the missus or the dog died or this or that or I lost my job. I've had it all, man. I've had businesses fail. I had a divorce. I had a father pass away. I had a stepmom passing. You know, I still have to, you know, take care of my brother, you know, <laughs> plan a future. Oh, yeah. I don't have any kids, so I got to plan that. A lot of pressure, but you know what? That's life. I ain't no different than anybody else. You know, except maybe I have bigger arms. <laughs> but, you know, that's about it, man. No, I love the approach, man. I really do. Man, Phil, I, I, I can't thank you enough. I got to get the speed round of questions in. Yeah. You can answer one word. It. it can be a sentence, whatever you want, okay? <clears throat> so the first one. Uh, tell us uh, your favorite ritual. And you might have tapped on some of these before, but this is yeah. the first. Favorite ritual? Prayer. I'm sorry? I said prayer. Prayer. Pray. Pray. I love it. I didn't hear it. You broke up prayer. I love it. Do you, do you pray at night? Do you pray in the morning? Do you pray before training? All Throughout time. the day, man. Throughout the day. Throughout the day. Throughout the day. Okay, sweet. Unique habit that no one knows about. <laughs> Um, unique habit. I have like my own, um, it's almost like me, uh, before I get up on stage, you know, I do like, um, you know, I say a quick prayer, but I'm literally jumping up and down like Tony Robbins, <laughs> you know, Tony Robbins jumps up and down on a trampoline. Nice. So here's this big guy jumping up and down and, <laughs> and I'm over here yelling. Like, yeah, yeah. And people, people are like, Phil, you can't yell. So? <laughs> so I'm just like, I need to get this out. You know, it's like, for you, it'd be like going to a football game and you got to just yell before oh, you get yeah. the field. You know, it's like, hell yeah, let's do this. And me being a basketball player, I would, you know, I was like, hell, you know, it's like my own little way of a grunt or something. And then I go out there and it's cool. I like it. I like it. Showing appreciate, I like it. I scream because I show appreciation. I'm just so excited and happy. It's just a mix of emotion, you know. 
thanks. <sighs> Favorite pastime? Basketball. <laughs> Basketball. You still play? No, no more. <laughs> okay, you just watch no, then. Sir. Watching, watch, I'm going to the games. I'm just gonna watch, brother. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to see you dunking yep. any basketballs anytime soon. Oh no, that's no. man never. <laughs> <laughs> All right, favorite sports team? Ooh. Oh man, Lakers. 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 Favorite? I was a big Laker fan. Yeah. Still favorite athlete. Favorite athlete, oh, LeBron James. Okay, LeBron. Favorite movie of all time. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Favorite movie of all t- time that you're not in. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite movie of all time. Into the Dragon. Ooh, Bruce Leroy. See, a lot of people don't know about that movie, but that's a good movie. Not Bruce Leroy. No, that real Bruce Lee. You're thinking of. Uh, Oh, I was, the, uh, I was, I was yeah. thinking. What was? Which one was I thinking of? Uh, the last. You're thinking of uh, the last, the last dragon. Oh yes, that's right. Enter the the with, real with one with Bruce Leroy and Shona. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Enter the dragon with Bruce Lee. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, last book read, uh, or f- just give me favorite book or last book read. Uh, well. It's called Ego by Jonathan Gravener. Nice. Yeah, I, I met him on a on a trip to Australia after the Olympia. We met in the TSA line, wow. and the lights went off in the whole entire airport. So, of course, we're like, okay, like, what's going to happen? And then the lights turn back on. We just get talking, and he told me about his story. He was a famous journalist. He was a... Um, uh, uh, TV uh, personality, and uh, he was going through some issues in life, and decided to write about it. And uh, it was called it's called Ego. We'll check it out. Uh, we'll, check well, well worth the read. We all need to check that ego because sometimes, in in his case, he was dealing with um, cancer. Uh, I believe it was um, throat cancer. Oh. So, um, and it almost killed him. So, to have that happen, and then people who you mistreated in your life not care <laughs> kind of mm. wakes you up oh, yeah. so hearing that story and reading about it he also has a really awesome ted talk as well um but yeah that was like one of the last books i read i really enjoyed we'll look into it for sure favorite tv show Ooh. oh man favorite tv show Oh, got it. Are you a this is well, a, this is us guy or like a, an original series from HBO or Showtime? Well, that's the hard part, right? Because favorite TV show for me was Martin. <laughs> Ooh, that was a good show. Because I, it was just too funny. It was just, everything was just so funny to me. <laughs> um, I could, you know, because it's one of those shows I can still watch it today and laugh at some of the skits. Um, but as far as like a series. Oh, man. I'd say anything that has to do with Marvel right now. Everything. It's just so sick. Yeah, they're crushing it, for sure. They're just doing too much. They're keeping me well well rested <laughs> you know, on a Sunday. Just sitting at home watching that. So. Sweet. Oh, and Ballers. Yeah, Ballers. Ballers is good. Yeah, that's Ballers a, is good. That's a fun show. Yeah, that's good. 
Lots it's of, just too short. It needs to be like an hour. It's like, you know? it's like 26 minutes. You know that, right? Yeah, I'm like, man. I'm like, hey, someone tell Dwayne, like, we need 45 minutes at I least. Know. Come on. I know. It's just too short. I'm like, damn it. But yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, favorite type of music? Favorite type of music? Hip-hop, for sure. Hip-hop. Favorite artist of all time or, Ooh, or one you like of now? all time? Oh, man. I can listen to Tupac every day. Yeah, I can. I can. I can literally listen to Tupac every day. Man, so many people say you Tupac. Know? Man, it's so sad that he's gone. Yeah, really. Oh my gosh. Where? Real quick. Where were you when he when he passed? I was. I, I think I was. I was at the University of Richmond, and I remember hearing an album, and I was like, "Man, that's my favorite album." Like for some reason, I like every song on it. And now he's gone, and I couldn't really fathom how someone. I mean, it happens. It happens often, actually. But someone so talented and so dynamic right. with a message that could, like, you know, influence the world one way or another is gone. Right. I couldn't believe yeah. it. Yeah, I was at a football game, and there was no, you know, no one had a cell phone. You know, I mean, you had a pager if lucky. And someone was like, did you hear, did you hear? Tupac died. And we're like, what? He got shot? Like, no, nah, he's like in critical condition. He's about to die, though. We're like, so, you know, you try to rush home. And right, right. one and MTV was your only source. Right. And, and then when it happened here, I felt the same way. I was like, wow, he just came out with a new album, man. Like, what the heck? Like, yeah. So, yeah, that was my favorite, man. I can still bump. I'm going to bump him to the gym. <laughs> right. Go to the gym, man. Um. Favorite uh, mentor? Let's discuss mentor for first. Who is your mentor? Wow. Um, I'd probably say my parents. Right. Because they didn't really have to say much. I just learned by their actions. And that makes me feel very fortunate that I was able to learn through their actions, not just their words. Because nowadays, we just pay attention to what people say. Mm-hmm. Like my parents' actions. Like my parents, my mom and my stepdad. Like they raised me. They they worked nonstop, nonstop, just to provide. And uh, that's a big you know, deal. I'll never forget that. That's a big deal. Never sure. miss a day at work. Exactly. Therefore, I never miss a day at school. Never not show up to work. You got to show up, man. You show yeah, up. You show gotta, up every day. I always say the people that get what they want are the ones who show up to get it. Yeah. Good for I you, had to man. get mine. Good for you. Yeah. So my parents always told me, you got to get yours. You know, my stepdad was, you know, he's still alive. He he had a really nice mentality with it. He put a big frame of with cutouts of all of his kids and grandkids for their college diploma. Oh, wow. And... He's he's got all in there. Not one hasn't gone to high school, gone to college, and graduated. So you talk about showing up. It's like he made it competitive. <laughs> oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah, you know he made it competitive for for all of his kids. Okay, I feel if there was one piece of advice you could give to a young person chasing a dream, what advice would you give them? Watch your environment. 
at all times. Watch your environment. At all times. Not protect your time. Yeah. And protect your time. Your time is too precious to give the people that don't deserve it. And that's hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's hard. It's not easy. You know, because we want to be, yeah, it's not easy because we want to be liked, you know. You know, you're a kid, man. You want friends. Sometimes you make friends with people that are doing wrong. You got to be strong enough to watch your environment and say, you know what, man? I'm about to go home. No, man, come with us. No, I'm good. I'm going home. <laughs> you know? Oh, you're being a sucker. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm a sucker. Yeah. See you tomorrow. Yeah. You, know, you got to be, you got to be. <laughs> and then, next, you know, you see the kids that was out there doing something. You, you robbed a store or something like that. That could have been you. Right. You know, and sometimes people learn the hard way. And I had to, and I had to watch that growing up. So I'd say watch your environment at all times and protect your time with mm. others. Like, don't just give it to everybody. Mm. Powerful. Because no. you can't buy that back. You can't buy it back. That's right. That's right. Favorite quote? Oof. Well, huh. this is a t- this is a, no. This is a tough one. There's so many out there, man. There's, There's so many. too many. Yeah, I'll, many. I'm gonna help you on this one. Check it out. If there was a billboard, and that billboard was able to, uh, you could see that billboard. Everyone in the world could see that billboard, and it had one word or one message on it. What would you want that billboard to read so everyone could see it? Mm. You know, I always think if it was easy, everybody would be good. That's right. And I always think of like Lombardi and stuff like that. Right. You know, I, I think of, you know, you know, people talk about, you know, when, when, you know, hard work beats talent, the talent doesn't work hard. Right. right. You know, I change it up and say when, when hard, when hard work meets talent, mm. the possibilities are endless. I like that. So we all are very talented. So we're all very talented at something. We just don't know. We just have to encourage ourselves to find it, learn about it, become passionate about it. Then you become great at it. Mm. But, the, the, but that sign of greatness, Mark, and I'm sure you agree, is not what you do, but what, what you do for others with it that make them grow. That's what greatness is. So, Because you were given something from the man upstairs to do what you're doing, and you made a success, but what are you doing for others to show them like, <laughs> I got these gifts, these talents, and I'm just going to keep it all to myself. Right. So I think it's very important for everyone that once you get to a certain level, it's okay to encourage other people. So it's okay to encourage your competitors. Right. Because if you're better than them, <laughs> you're going to raise your game up no matter what. There's mm-hmm. nothing to fear. So, you know, it's um, you know, it's kind of just how I live, man. But yeah, but when a talented person works hard, whew, what can he not do? Mm. What can he not do? You know, so never get out hustled, <laughs> man. Mark, we're preaching right now, huh? Yeah. Never no, get like out it. hustled. I like bro. it. I like it because it's, that's such. You know, it's it's cliche. We say it's cliche, but that's the truth, man. And I don't. I don't think, you know, for the listeners out there, when you Phil Heath says never be out hustled. 
What does that mean? Meaning, It means no freaking excuses. Stop bullshitting people. Stop bullshitting yourself and go to work, man. Yeah. Go to work. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't. And you know what's crazy is that don't get out hustled by someone that has half your damn town. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. That is, a, that is, you don't deserve that talent. Because there's a lot of people that ain't talented but out hustle every day. Oh, yeah. And it makes it, and they're making a ton of money, and they're buying the house for their mom, and doing all the cool stuff. They're they're the ones on Instagram flying the jets and stuff. Oh yeah. And you're like, and you're like, man, this guy's a re, you know, this guy's not smart. This guy's an idiot. Right. But, he, and he knows he is, he, and, and he knows that he can out hustle you, out work you. They say the number <laughs> the number one uh, pastime of millennials is trying to figure out how their friends afford their lifestyle. I heard about that, yeah, and which is crazy. Like, if you're trying to, if you're thinking about how someone else affords a lifestyle, that means you got too too much attention on someone else. You're not focused on you, man. Focus on your shit and go to work. Yeah, run your race, run your own damn race. Right. Learn, <laughs> fall, fail. It's okay. Yeah. And and you know we come from a background where not everybody got participation awards on field day in fifth grade. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> no, man. We, I didn't live like that. You either, first, second, or third, that's it. Yeah. And you have to understand those are the rules. Like, And those are the silent rules in society. Oh, yeah. Feel Just like... showing up ain't going to get you nothing. Exactly. And hiding, and hiding, and you know, people go to work and hide. Man. Big corporations, they hide. Oh, right? by the hold on, some- hold on, Phil. They hide at little corporations too. They hide at small businesses too. They hide. Yeah, they hide. Man. Oh, they yeah. hide. They hide because they still, you know, they're like, oh, I'm still making my money. Still, you know. And then once you get put on the spot, where's the quota at? Where are we at for mm-hmm. the month of the year? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm blank. I, you know, I just been rough, man. What do you mean it's been rough? <laughs> well, going- this guy over here has been doing ten times the work. With the same resources, oh. with the same resources, and I'll tell you, going even, back, going back to what even, you said, Phil. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, you said the field, yeah, no, you, you know, Mark, uh, Phil, f- field day, first, second, and third. Not everyone gets a partition. Listen, it's good to lose. Like it sounds crazy. It's good to lose, so you understand what it's like to lose, so you can improve upon the things that you weren't good at, and understand that. Guess what? You are responsible for the things that you didn't do and that's why you're in the situation you're in. I don't think people understand that. No, cuz it takes more depth. It, it it that's not surface based what you just said. That's beneath. That's to someone's core. And until someone opens their chest up and allows that to penetrate, they're going to make the excuses. Oh, it's not for me. Oh, this person's just better. Man, you bet. Someone's got to prove to me that they're better than me. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I have to walk around blabbing I'm the greatest. And, you know, I don't need to do that. But I need to be like, man, I'm willing to outwork myself so much that God Himself, even if He didn't want me to win, I'm going to win. <laughs> That's how I approach it. It's mm-hmm. like even if everything's against me, I still put myself in the best position to succeed. You know, even even if the if, if the judges hated me or the, the refs or, or the coaches, it, it's undeniable because of my effort, my intelligence, and my output. 
that's it. And and know that like, hey, you're gonna have bad days. Like, just don't get overly emotional about it and fix and fix it. Hmm. You know, don't point no damn fingers because the finger that you point at someone else, there's got three other fingers pointing back at you. So those are those things that like drive me insane. That's why I probably couldn't be a coach these days right. <laughs> for oh, yeah. for high school or because uh, I'd be up in kids, I'd be up in their ass. I'd, I'd be up in their parents' ass. I'd be like, look, you cannot, uh, don't waste your own time and money and effort. There's those three things, Mark. You can waste your own time. You can waste your own energy and you can waste your own money. Those are three things. Those are three most things you can waste. You waste all three. I'm sorry, but you might be in the moron category. Oh, yeah. You don't want to be considered that. So don't waste your time. Don't you dare waste your energy or someone else's energy. You damn sure don't waste their money. Oh, yeah. Or your own. Don't you do that. I like it. Those are those things, man, that I think sums it all up that we've, we've got to continue to, you know, pursue our own levels of greatness. Set those standards high. Because um, who wants to blend in? <laughs> right. a, I don't want to blend in. Yeah, one of my mentors said, be very careful, Mark, on how you go about your life. You do not want to be one of those guys racing to the middle. No. Yeah. Phil, man, I can't it's, thank it's you crazy. enough, bro. Like, you, This has been awesome. Like, freaking well, awesome. Yeah, man. no. Really. I appreciate it, man. Thank no, you so much. A long and, time um, coming. I, I, I owe you, buddy. I do. I owe you. And this was, I'm going to share it with you, you man. Know, it was awesome. Awesome. Man, you don't owe me nothing but maybe a protein shake at the gym. That's it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you got it. You can but, have, uh, you have as many as you want, brother. I, I want all the, yeah. the fans going to wish you luck. The people who uh, listen to the show, I wish you luck. And uh, I know you're going to crush it. Really. You're going to crush it. No, thank you. And, and congrats on the podcast. Everybody listening. Martin is a stand up guy. You guys already know this. Thanks. If you Phil. don't know, Continue to follow him. Read his stories on Instagram. It's inspiring even guys like me. Thanks, Getting Phil. up in the morning and seeing someone else have that similar mindset and always trying to better themselves. Thanks, and you're not man. bragging. You're not boasting. You're, you're living by design, and you're trying to, you know, really capture that, that, that just fire that we all have so then other people can see it and then go out there and kick the world's ass just like you do, man. So, thanks. Phil. You know, kudos to you, brother. Well, take listen, again. Phil. It takes one to know one, man. Where, where? Give me your in, your social media handle so they can follow you. So on Twitter and on Instagram, it's just at Phil Heath, and also on Facebook, forward uh, slash Phil Heath. Okay. So you got those handles, and then my website is www.philipheath. That's P H I double L. I P H E A T H dot com and also my clothing line at giftedathletics.com. Oh, and I have a new uh I have a new app. Oh yeah, tell so us about the app. So it's uh it's called Fit App. You can find it on the on the app store, whether it be on Google or you know, Android or iOS. P H I T stands for Phil Heath Instructional Training. I just wanted to give you guys um, just my take on training and you don't have to be Mr. Olympia. You know, right. you just have to be someone that wants to get better and I'm here to help you. And I'm also getting some, you know, more, uh, ambassadors on board that work in different areas that I don't, um, it's just going to be a, a place where people can 
really just share information and not have to rely on the major social media handles, which are more, I don't know, more like uh, validation or I'm trying to be somebody. Um, you know, it kind of gets lost sometimes where right. people just really want to transform. Right. Um, so that's the Fit app. You can follow it also on uh, Instagram at P-H-I-T underscore A-P-P. And uh, the website is P-H-I-T now. So fitnow.com. But yeah, man, Sweet. Sweet. I'm so excited for this year's Olympia. And thank you so much. I hope I can see you and, the, and your lovely wife. Yeah. You guys are doing great. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. You got to stop by Anatomy when you're yeah. in town, man. And congrats to you I'm and your gonna, fiance, man. You better stop by. Yeah, I'm going to have to make it down, man. I'm going to have to make it down that way at some point and uh, come holler at you, bro. All and right. I've got I've to gotta say real quick before I go, <laughs> it, it, is, it is wild watching you work that early with that much intensity. <laughs> it is wild, brother. I'm trying, And being man. able to see you tape your mouth. Oh, and yeah. have that different type of breathing through your nose. Oh man, it's not. I don't think people understand how hard that is. Like it is, it is tremendously hard. Oh, bro, it's it uh, is tremendously hard. So, top to you, man. Because I tried that me. in Colorado when I first moved here. They made me do that when I when I walked Red Rocks the first time. Oof. And I damn near passed out, dude. Oh my god. I I should have died. Oh my god, that was crazy. <laughs> Coming crazy from to Seattle to Denver, yeah. The altitude, God. Wild. You are the man. You are the man. Thank you so much, Phil. You crush it. Best to your fiance. And I will see you in Miami, brother. Absolutely. All right, man. Have a positive weekend. Thank you, Phil. You too. Bye-bye. Yep.